Hi there, and welcome to Proverbs 31 Wannabe, where we discuss biblical womanhood in our constantly busy and sometimes crazy daily life. I am Alexis Heaslip, and as a wife and mom of two, I am always striving and praying to be a Proverbs 31 woman of faith. Today is really exciting. Last week, we closed out our series on women of the Bible, and today we are transitioning to something that I feel is really important for us to look at, and that is the fruits of the Spirit. What are the fruits of the Spirit? How can we apply them to our lives? How can we show our children what it means to have the fruits of the Spirit in our heart? That is what we are going to be uncovering in the next couple of weeks. And today we are opening up with a bang. We are opening up with one of the most important fruits of the Spirit because out of this fruit comes the rest. Today we are going to be talking about love. What is love? How can we have love? And how can we show others love? There's a lot of to cover. I'm going to be bouncing around scripture, so let's dive on in, y'all. It's going to be good. Okay, the first question that we have to ask ourselves is this. What is love? What does it mean when we say love in the terms of the Bible? Because... There's so many different definitions nowadays of what love is. Some people think love is a feeling, love is an emotion, love is something that you feel. But we know that in the Bible, love is so much more than that. So, to answer this question, we have to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4-8. through 8. And these are really, really famous verses in the Bible. And you all know them. But after we continue on in our study, we can see how these verses can take on a new meaning. So I'm turning into 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8. And at verse 4, it says, Love endures with patience and serenity. Love is kind and thoughtful. And is not jealous or envious. Love does not brag. And it is not proud or arrogant. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not provoked. Nor overly sensitive. And easily angered. It does not take into account a wrong endured. It does not rejoice at injustice. But rejoices with the truth. When When right and truth prevail. Love bears all things, regardless of what comes, believes all things, looking for the best in each one, hopes all things, remaining steadfast during difficult times, endures all things without weakening. Love never fails. It never fades or ends. All right. After looking at this passage, we can see that love is not a feeling. It is not a noun. It is not an adjective. Love is a verb. Love is taking action and being thoughtful and making sure that you endure with patience and kindness and not holding grudges. It is not rude. And so that's the first thing that we need to know is that love is so much more than just a a feeling. It is an action and it takes work. It is not easy. It is 
something that is really hard. I love how the note in my study Bible says is that we don't naturally have this kind of love in us. This isn't something that we are born with. The only way to get it is from God. And as we're going to find out, God is love. Love comes from God and he commands us to love. So how can, why do we need to give love? Why do we need, why is love a fruit of the spirit? Why is love this action of love? Why is this the first fruit of the spirit? And to start off, it is because God has commanded us to love. So now I want us to look at Exodus chapter 20. And we're going to read verses 1 through 11. Again, this is another familiar passage of scripture. Because this is the start of the Ten Commandments. And as I read, I want you to focus on how God commands us to love him. All right, so we're going to do Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 11, starting at verse 1. Then God spoke to all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You will have no other gods before me. You will not make for yourselves any idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the water underneath the earth as an object to worship. You will not worship them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous and passion God, demanding what is rightfully and uniquely mine, visiting, avenging the iniquity, sin, guilt of the fathers on the children. That is, calling the children to account for the sins of their fathers to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. But showing graciousness and steadfast loving kindness to thousands of generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Okay, I'm going to pause here for a second. The very first commandment that God gives to Moses is we are to love the Lord our God and have no other gods before him. And he is gracious to those who love and keep his commandments. God doesn't want us to love him just because. He wants us to love us because he is our God and there is no one mightier than him. And because we love him, we want to honor and obey him. And this goes in to the second commandment. It says, starting in verse seven, you will not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. That is irreverently in false affirmations or in ways that impugn the character of God. For the Lord will not hold guiltless nor leave unpunished the one who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you will labor and do your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day, a day of rest to the Lord, your God. On that day you will not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male or female servants or your livestock or foreigner who stays within your house or city gates. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth and everything in them, and he rested on the seventh day. 
That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. All right. This is why love is the first fruit of the Spirit. Because we are commanded to love the Lord our God. Because He is our Creator. He is the one that made us. We are to recognize him, to listen to him, and obey him because he is our creator and our master. And that is why love is so important and why we have to act on this love so that we can love the Lord, our God. And what's really cool is that God doesn't just say that we are to love him. No, we are to do so much more. We are to also love our neighbors. And we find these in throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. But I want us to focus on the New Testament. And we are going to turn to Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 through 40, where we see Jesus telling us that we need to love our neighbors. So Matthew chapter 22, starting at verse 34, and it says, Now, when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced, he being Jesus, the Sadducees, they gathered together. One of them, a lawyer, an expert in Mosaic law, asked Jesus a question to test him. He said, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied to him, You will love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. That is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. You will love your neighbor as yourself. That is, unselfishly seek the best or higher good for others. The whole law and the writing of the prophets depend on these two commandments. Whew. That's a lot to take in, wouldn't you say? You see, we already know that the first and greatest commandment is to love God and give him us everything. But we also have to love our neighbor and to give them grace and be kind and be patient and to not be quick to anger and be understanding and compassionate and merciful. And that all embodies love. Now you might be thinking, okay, I can love my neighbor because my neighbor includes my family members, my friends, people I know, but we are also called to love strangers, to love people who we may not know. And we see this in the book of Leviticus, chapter 19, and It's in two different verses. So Leviticus chapter 19, we're going to read verse 18, which says, You will not take revenge or bear any grudge against the sons of your people, but you will love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord your God. And then we're going to jump to verse 34, which says, But the stranger who resides with you will be to you like someone native born among you and you will love him as yourself for you were strangers in the land of Egypt I am the Lord your God I love how these two verses 
are so similar because it shows us that we are to love our family members and our friends just as much as we are supposed to love someone random on the street. Now you're probably thinking, okay, I can do that and I can be patient and kind to strangers, um, but it also means having a giving heart, giving to give to a charity that really speaks to you. Help those who are hungry in your community. Pray for those who are considering an abortion in your country or in your city or in your state. Be kind and generous to those around you. Now, I'm not saying give money to every homeless person begging on the street that you see, but what I am saying is you can show them love. Like, for example, you see someone who's homeless asking for money on the street. If you don't have money on you, that's okay, but you can still show them love by praying for them while driving by them in that moment. You can take just five seconds and pray for that person. If you have more time, you can go up to the person and start a conversation with them and talk to them and pray with them. There are so many ways that you can be kind to those who you don't know. Just like you can be kind and show love to your neighbors. I feel like as a society, neighbors just don't have the connections that they did many years ago because we're so busy with our life. We're so busy with technology. We're so busy with ourselves that we have forgotten to be neighborly. So my challenge is to take time this week and go knock on your neighbor's door. Go check in on them. Go say hi to them. Let them be part of your life and show them the love of Christ. There's a third group of people, though, that we are told that we need to love. And honestly, this is by far, I think, one of the hardest things that God asks us to do. And I don't just say that all willy-nilly. I say this because this is a this is a humdinger for me. And it's found and we are told to love our enemies. And this is found in Matthew chapter five, verses forty-three to forty-five. And these verses say, You have heard that it was said, You will love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, Love that is unselfishly seek the best or higher good for your enemies. And pray for those who persecute you, so that you may show yourselves to be the children of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on those who are evil and on those who are good and makes the rain fall on the righteous, those who are morally upright, those who oppose him. I don't know about you, but whenever I read a verse like this, it just makes me kind of feel all sorts of things. It makes me ask myself, but God, don't you know what my enemies have done to me? Don't you know all the hurt that they have caused in my life? But we are called to love them, 
to raise them up, to be kind, to be merciful. Because our God is a God of love and mercy. And by showing others who have hurt us mercy, we show them the face of God. And that is something I struggle with every single day. Now, we've established that love is an action, not a feeling. We have established that we've been commanded by God to love him, to love our neighbors, to love our enemies, and to love strangers. Now, we need to see and realize that when we have love in our hearts, we have God in our hearts because God is love. I want us to turn to 1 John chapter 4 and it's going to be verse 8. So 1 John 4, 8 says, The one who does not love has not become acquainted with God, does not and never did know him. For God is love. He is the originator of love. And it is an enduring attribute to his nature. Well, just like we talked about loving our enemies, this was just a knife to the gut right here for me. Because this reminds us that those who do not love are not born of God. And how can we know God unless we love others? This so just reminds me that anytime I'm feeling anger or resentment or hatred towards somebody, that that is not of God. That is of my sinful fallen spirit. And that whenever I'm starting to feel like this, I need to stop. And I need to turn to him. And then I love how in First John 4 verse 16, it tells us that we have come to know by personal observation and experience and have believed with deep, consistent faith, the love of God, the love which God has for us. God is love and the one who abides in love abides in God and God abides continually in him. You see, even though we can sometimes let our human imperfect emotions get the best of us when we ask God into our hearts when we have a relationship with him we can always turn to him because he is always with us he will never forsake us and he will help us to show love even when it's hard to do now why does all of this matter why do we need to know what love is and that God commanded us to love everyone Because we as moms, we as women in our community, we need to teach this truth to our children. Why do we need to teach this truth to our children? Because Deuteronomy 6 tells us this, starting at verse 4. We are told, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one, the only God. You will love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and with all your soul and with all your strength, your entire being. 
These words which I am commanding to you today will be written on your heart and mind. You will teach them diligently to your children, impressing God's precepts on their minds and penetrating their hearts with his truths. And you will speak them when you sit in your house and when you walk on the road and when you lie down and when you get up. And you will bind them as a sign on your hand and they will be used as bands on your foreheads. You will write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Then it'll come about when the Lord your God brings you into the land which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you great and splendid cities which you did not build, and houses full of all good things which you did not fill. And you will remember the Lord. For the Lord God among you is a jealous God. And you will not put your Lord God to the test. And you will diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes which he has commanded you. My goodness. The Lord God has told us that it is so important for us to teach our children about what it means to love him and to obey him because when we do that we become one with him and if we don't teach our children we've seen through the bible what happens when people don't teach their children we see the disaster that israel went through time and time again from the book of Judges, where people did whatever they wanted to, and God would raise up a judge, and they would come and restore Israel. But then they weren't, the people again weren't taught about what it means to love. So then they went into disaster. And then we had, they had kings in Israel because they didn't trust God fully. And those kings were mostly not good men. And the people did not obey God for the most part. And that led to their exiles. And we saw time and time again that when people do not teach their children about the love of God, how to love our neighbors, how to be kind in a world that is so mean that the world swallows you up whole and the devil almost wins. But God, rich in his mercy and love, keeps us safe. And love how Romans 5, 8 tells us that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. And although we are not perfect, and I think that's really important to tell our children, we are not perfect, but he loves us anyway. And he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. And nothing can separate us from this love of God one passage that I feel is so important to talk to my children about is Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 39. And it says, Who can ever separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or a sword? Just as it is written and forever remains written, for your sake we are put to death all day long. We are regarded as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors and gain an overwhelming victory through him who loved us so much that he died for us. 
For I am convinced and continue to be convinced beyond any doubt that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor demons nor anything present and threatening nor things to come nor powers of height nor depth nor other any other creative thing will be able to separate us from the unlimited love of God, which is in Christ our Lord. Guys, our children are growing up in a world where there are so many things pulling at them. They're being told that they can take charge of their own lives and love themselves and let their own version of love speak. But that's just not the truth. That's the father of lies talking. And we as parents are charged to teach our children this love that God gives us, this truth that God loves us and nothing can separate us from him. So that is why we need as adults to have the love of God in our hearts and to pour it out on our children, on our neighbors, on our enemies, and on strangers. Amen to that, sister. Lord, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to remember that love is only possible because of you. That we, as believers in you, are commanded to love everyone, to love you first, and then to go out into the world and to love our neighbors, love strangers, love people we don't like, and most importantly, to love our children enough to teach them about your love. Lord, I thank you so much because even though we were sinners and unworthy, you sent your son into the world. And reminded us through his death on the cross that you love us and that your love never fails. For God so loved the world that he sent his son so that whoever believes in him might not perish but have eternal life. That is the truth of the gospel. That is the truth of the Bible. That is your truth. And that is the truth we need to continually follow every single day, Lord. And I thank you and praise you for your amazing love. Amen. Thanks for listening to Proverbs 31 Wannabe. We hope you enjoyed the program. If you enjoy our show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere where you listen to podcasts. Find us on Instagram and Facebook and check out our website at www.proverbs31wannabe.com. We would love to hear from you, especially in the comments down below. Be sure to come back next week as we continue on the fruits of the spirit and talk about joy, what it means to be joyful, how we can find joy, and how we can share our joy with others. Until then, this is Alexis Heeslip from Proverbs 31 Wannabe, and I hope you have a great and fruitful rest of your day. God bless. Mm -hmm.